Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Kia and a very warm welcome to Elemental from RNZ. I'm Alison Balance. And I'm Alan Blackman from the Auckland University of Technology. And in our quest to talk about every chemical element on the periodic table in an alphabetical fashion, we are now up to the sole element whose name starts with the letter U, uranium. And this wasn't always the case. In fact, there were a whole heap of elements of recent times that used to start with the letter U. But they were mere placeholders until these new elements actually got some names. We so, talked about those in the Berkelium and the Heavyweights episode because they're still placeholders for the next ones like Unbeninium and things like that. <laughs> but anyway, back to uranium. We've, we've digressed and we haven't even started. I know. Um, episode 90, because it's uranium, will of course be another radioactive episode. Mm-hmm. And a long time ago in this podcast series, we have already mentioned that uranium is one of the planetary elements. Yes, indeed, in the sense that uh, like plutonium, which is no longer a, <laughs> uh, a planet, but we won't go there, and Neptunium, it is named after a planet, and in this case, after the planet Uranus, which was in turn named after the Greek god of the sky. And if you want to be nitpicky about plutonium, there's also Cerium, which was named after Ceres, which is variously described as an asteroid or a dwarf planet. Mm-hmm. But anyway, vital stats on uranium, please. So, elemental symbol U, atomic number 92, and that puts it down the bottom of the periodic table on the left-hand side of the actinoids. So, uranium is the highest atomic-numbered element to be found naturally in significant quantities on Earth. Although, having said this, there are minute traces of plutonium element 94, which, as we talked about, is mainly a synthetic element. So no surprises then as to what the theme of this episode might be? Yeah, pretty much. Um, No surprises here. The catchphrase might be something like uranium, as in nuclear power and nuclear bombs, because this is the element with a reputation forever sullied by one word, Hiroshima. So the discoverer of uranium, one Martin Klaproth, could have had absolutely no idea what devastation his 1789 finding would wreak 156 years later. So uranium's probably the element most people think of whenever they hear the word radioactive. And uh, in fact, it was the first radioactive element to be discovered. So really, it's quite remarkable that this defining characteristic wasn't even known until 1896, when Henri Becquerel made one of the great accidental scientific discoveries, leaving an unexposed photographic plate close to a sample of a uranium compound. And our own Ernest Rutherford won the Nobel Prize for Chemistry in 1908 for explaining how this unusual property of radioactivity worked. Now, given that uranium is relatively abundant, um, there's about as much uranium as tin in the Earth's crust, Much study of this element ensued subsequent to uh, Rutherford's Nobel Prize, 
And it was eventually shown some 30 years later by Meitner, Hahn and Frisch that uh, bombarding uranium with neutrons resulted in fission of the nucleus with the release of an enormous amount of energy. It then took but a short time to realise that the uranium-235 nucleus could sustain a nuclear chain reaction and the Manhattan Project was born and the rest is history. So, in addition to its use in nuclear weapons, uranium is also used in nuclear power stations, which would be absolutely brilliant if humanity could figure out how to safely store the resulting nuclear waste. Now, speaking of nuclear power stations, when did the first nuclear power station actually come into use to provide electricity? Well, this is very interesting. The first nuclear power plant built for civil purposes was the AM1 Obnyansk nuclear power plant, which started producing electricity in 1954 in, if you didn't guess it from the name, the Soviet Union. However, Alison, it might surprise you to know that the Earth's first nuclear power was generated near Oklo in modern-day Gabon some 1.7 billion years ago. Huh? <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is a brilliant story. So this was actually discovered by French researchers in 1972 when they found that the isotopic abundance of uranium-235 in a uranium deposit in Gabon was far lower than normal. And what they also found was, in fact, typical products of nuclear fission. And so all of the necessary elements for a sustained nuclear reaction came together here in Oklo. There was a relatively high level of uranium-235. There was a source of groundwater, which could act as a neutron moderator. And there was uh, an increasing concentration of oxygen in the Earth's atmosphere around this time, which allowed solubilization and transport of uranium-containing chemical species. Now, amazingly, the Oklo reactor operated for several hundred thousand years until the concentration of uranium-235 became too low. We have to hope that one of those doesn't pop up again any time soon. <laughs> hey, what's uranium used for other than all these nuclear applications? Yeah, well, some bright spark thought that it might be a good idea to put depleted, quote-unquote, uranium in shells because it's dense and therefore it's really good at penetrating armour. Of course, they overlooked the fact that the so-called depleted uranium is still radioactive. Depleted simply means that it's got a lot less uranium-235 in it than usual. And so when the shell explodes, containing all of this depleted uranium, the radioactive material is just turned to dust and then that dust can be inhaled by aggressors and defenders and civilians alike. So depleted uranium was first used in the first Gulf War and apparently in a number of military encounters since this. And if I may get political for a brief second, really just how bloody stupid can humanity get? I hear you, Alan. I hear you. Would I ever come across uranium in my daily life? Perhaps uh, if you're a collector of early 20th century glassware or crockery, of all things. So from the late 1800s until the Second World War, when all uranium was diverted to the development of the atomic bomb, it was in fact used to colour glass yellow or green. So some of that collectible 1930s depression glass could in fact be slightly radioactive, as could another collectible pre-Second World War bright-coloured glazed Fiesta dinnerware with its distinctive Art Deco styling, possibly best kept in the china cabinet and not to be used for eating from. 
Oh, well, best we stick with collecting something local like Crown Lynn tableware then. (laughs) (laughs) More wise advice from Professor Blackman and Elemental from RNZ. You can find other episodes about radioactivity, such as radium, thorium, polonium, there are plenty of them, at rnz.co.nz slash chemistry or at your usual podcast provider. We're back next time with vanadium. Gosh, it didn't take long to get through the elements whose names start with the letter U, did it? (laughs) But until then, it's bye from me, Alison Balance. And me, Alan Blackman. Catch you later. Matua. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.